0: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of Kingdom Culture, where we talk about real life struggles, the pursuit of God in our process, overcoming our past, walking out purpose and becoming the sons and daughters God created us to be. I'm your host, Kara, and today is another vulnerable topic that I believe the Lord wants me to discuss with you. I believe that so many of us in the body have been holding on to promises God has spoken and have been in a long and difficult season of waiting, fought with setbacks, disappointments, anxiety, pain, and questioning if we even really heard what we thought we did. My prayer is that this episode will serve as encouragement and hopefully even confirmation to you that you did hear God correctly, that the season isn't in vain, that it will be worth it, and that he is doing what he said he would do even if you just can't see it yet. Believe me, this is where I've been too, and I know how hard it can be. But today, I want to talk about the heaviness of the weight and how trusting God is the way to push through. I want to start this episode with an encouraging reminder. God is in control. We need to remember that, believe that, stand on that, and live in the freedom of knowing what that brings. We don't need to stress about how or when. We just need to live, focus on him, and follow where he leads. The rest will fall into place according to his plan and his timing. Ecclesiastes 3 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It's incredibly deep and rich, and it makes me stop and really think. It begins by discussing times and seasons and how there is a specific one for everything under the heavens. That means everything. No matter how big or small, God has all the details of the details detailed out. Then in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, it says, God makes. Let me say that again for all the people in the back. God makes everything beautiful in its time. What it doesn't say is, Kara makes everything beautiful when she wants it to happen. There is a time for everything and God is in control of that timeline. Then, Probably my favorite verses of the chapter, Ecclesiastes three fourteen and 15. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so people fear him. Whatever is has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past into account. If God is truly in it, it's already done. It's finished, complete, it's forever. There isn't anything that we can do to add to or take from it. This is why we must trust his timing, his way, and his plan. When we don't, we actually create a past, and then we are accountable for that. If it's already planned and done, then it's his will. It's not a past that we have to overcome. And when it's his will... Sometimes he likes to take the scenic route to keep us wondering what's happening next because at the end of the day, he wants the glory and he does things in ways that we never would so that we can't take the credit. We have to give him glory. When it says he does this so people will fear him, it means that he wants people to be in awe, to have reverence, to know that the only way it happened, the only way it came to pass was God. When we read the Bible, we will see how it really makes so much sense and it just ties back into itself again and again. It's funny how truth does that. The reason we can stand on the word where it says that we don't have to be anxious for anything is because what God is in is forever. That means that we don't have to worry or wonder or continue to ask or be afraid that we are going to miss something that is for us. Yes, we can get out from under his covering, but that's when we are in our own will. But he tells us to seek him and he will give us wisdom without reproach and he will guide our footsteps. So when we seek him, we stay in his will because he will give us the information that we need and he will show us and tell us what we are asking for, which allows us to make good choices in our lives, choices that are ordained for us. And more often than not, we are able to choose the things that he has ordained for us. Therefore, the Bible encourages us not to be anxious because whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before, and whatever he is in is forever. Think about it. God is outside of time, and he chose us and knew everything about us before the earth was even formed. So whatever we are currently experiencing already existed before we experienced it. It just took us to now to walk it out. And what is to come? It's already finished and complete and decided because, again, he already planned out every detail and we just haven't gotten to that part of the story yet. But that doesn't mean it isn't already real. This is such a simple and profound and mind-blowing concept and I pray that you grab a hold of it. In Hebrews 11, it talks about how we can't please God without faith. And thinking about what I just mentioned, it's like, yeah, I get it now. We have to believe and have faith that even if we don't see it coming together, we trust his proven faithfulness to us and stand on what the word says. Looking back over my life, there isn't a time that I can remember when he has ever let me down or he has ever done something other than what he said or didn't do what he said he was going to do. Now, granted, a lot of the things he says don't necessarily unfold or look the way I expect, but that doesn't matter. Just because his ways don't meet my expectations doesn't mean he isn't doing exactly what he said he would. And here's the key. Instead of getting down about what things look like or feel like, if it's God, then it's good, even when it doesn't feel good. His ways are not our ways, and he only gives good gifts. So what we might look at as a setback, he is looking at as a set up because he knows what's ahead and we don't. This is why we need to walk closely with him and depend on him for everything, not in a helpless way, but in a way that is empowered by the Holy Spirit inside of us, who gives us the wisdom to know that apart from him, we can't do anything, just like John fifteen five says. And instead of complaining or getting down or fighting the gift that he is trying to give us through what we perceive as hardship, we need to rejoice in knowing that he has us covered and he is in control and that we just need to receive the gifts that he is giving us. And receiving isn't staying where you are, receiving is moving on to the next thing. If you're homeless and you're given a job and a place to live, and a bank account with money to get on your feet, then you can't say you're homeless anymore. If you're hungry and someone feeds you, you can't say you're hungry anymore. Your circumstances change when you receive. This applies to receiving the gifts and the promises of God, even when you don't understand it all and before you see them show up in your life. We can't allow ourselves to stay stuck in a place of fear and doubt or needing constant reassurance, or questioning what he has spoken over and over. We cannot allow ourselves to go back to our proverbial Egypt. God promises to give us freedom when we receive his gifts. And it is through our faith, when we believe him, even when we don't see it, that pleases him. And rejoicing, not questioning, when he gives us insight, But rejoicing and showing gratitude and thanksgiving and thanking him for what's coming even if we can't see it yet. Even if it doesn't look like it just yet. And even if what he is saying seems so far away or our circumstances look totally opposite. But remember, what he is in is forever Sometimes he will allow us to go through things as a test of our faith, to grow our faith, and to prove our faith. He will take us through a season of preparation and equipping so that when the time comes to fulfill his promises to us, we are ready. He wants us to fulfill his will for our lives. He didn't create a life that is out of reach for us. What he intends for each of us is fully within our reach and is available to us. When we surrender to him, he will help us fulfill his ordained will for our lives. And yes, some things are contingent upon our cooperation with him, but some things aren't because he has a plan for each of us. Just think about Abraham and David and even Noah. They all waited a long time for their promises to come to pass and made some pretty big blunders along the way. But God still fulfilled his promises and his will in their lives in my walk i have brought things to the lord in anxiety or fear or doubt or just questioning and i've almost heard him chuckle and say do you not get it yet i can do whatever i want i can make things happen i can open doors i can create the space and the position if i say it's going to happen it's going to happen If I give you the idea, rejoice in the idea because I am planting it in your heart as a desire because I'm going to make it happen. It might not seem like it and you might not see it yet, but thank me for it because it's coming. Have faith to believe what I'm saying, that I'm going to do it and that I'm going to do what I say because what I'm in is forever. That is freedom. It allows us to just be and to live to experience life and not be overwhelmed with all the details we aren't control we aren't in control of them anyways he is that doesn't mean that we can abdicate responsibility but it does mean that we are free from the anxiety of the decisions that we don't even have to make right now we need to seek him and he will tell us he will guide us he will give us guidance He will allow us to make the best decisions possible because we are asking for him to help us. And I do feel like I need to mention this because I believe that many people have probably experienced this part of the wait as well. People around you, despite their best intentions and their love and care and concern for you, might be coming against what God spoke to you because they aren't privy to the same insight given to you by the Holy Spirit. And that is okay. Unless he tells you to share, you probably don't need to. Instead, take it to God and ask him for clarity. If you lean on circumstances or the opinions of others outside of God's word for you, it is guaranteed to cause you confusion and frustration. We also need to be cognizant that as we wait, not everyone will understand and not everyone will encourage us to endure. Not everyone will validate you or agree with what you're doing, but if it is truly God directing you and not you directing you, then hold fast and obey, even when it looks and feels crazy, even to you. Really just take everything to God and be led by his Holy Spirit about what you talk about and with whom, because much of what God does in times of waiting is done in private and in silence. So just keep that in mind. The bottom line is, we must remain steadfast, trusting God's word over what we see and over what others might say. Some people will try to take us back to Egypt, even if it's not done with malicious intent. Often, people who love us will speak their will for us, but are probably not privy to what God has spoken to you like I mentioned before. So we must guard our hearts and not be torn asunder or thrown off by every wind of doctrine, a.k.a. opinions and perspectives of other people when it comes to standing on God's promises for our lives. Instead of going backwards or talking about things that don't align with God's word or his promises to you or that are no longer a part of your life, start speaking his promises over yourself. And just a reminder, when someone does give you a word, it should already confirm what God has spoken to you in your private time. Scripture commands us in Isaiah 43, 18 to forget the former things, Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19 goes on to say, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the wasteland. Right there, God is saying, I can do whatever I want and I will make a way where there is no way. He makes the impossible possible. He will deliver on his word despite what it looks like. His word does not return void and goes out to accomplish everything he desires it to. And if he spoke it, then he is in it. And what he is in is forever. Declare the truth of God's promises over you instead of your circumstances and what you see. And this isn't some new age practice or law of attraction kind of thing. Believe me. It's literally activating your faith to believe what God has already spoken to you. And it's a way to stir yourself up and stay encouraged as you stand between what God has said and when you see it come to pass. This is not calling things forth into existence because you desire it. It's actually standing on what God has already said to you and calling it out in faith. This can really change your experience as you wait for those things and make it new. It will instill the desire in you for it to happen because it's already God's desire for you. Along with the reverence for God's timing and the peace of knowing that whatever God is in is forever. I really hope that part is sinking in. He will bring it all around when you are ready and equipped and prepared, and all the other elements are also in proper alignment for it to come together as he has planned. Everything and everyone needs to be in position to receive, to allow for the change that receiving brings. That's when it's all going to happen, and we can rest in that. We don't have to worry about if it will happen, or how it's going to happen, or when it's going to happen. We can instead submit our lives to him, And wake up every morning fresh and excited and motivated for that day. And make that day the best that we can make it with Him. When we surrender that day to Him and allow Him to guide us throughout that day, we stay in His will and we get to experience what He has set out for us to experience. And this is really so exciting and so very cool and really, really freeing. We do not have to worry about all that stuff, and that is true freedom. We can lean back and see it all unfold and play out instead of stressing about it and trying to make it be what we think it should be. It takes so much pressure off of us and makes room. It creates space. A while back, God gave me this revelation on silence and showed me of how sometimes silence creates space for clarity and growth. And it's so beautiful because it allows the noise to be quieted and the truth to be heard. It's so good. And we don't have to be scared of it. We can have peace about where he is bringing us and what he is teaching us. We can be grateful for him and what he is doing in our life and what he is showing us and what he is bringing us out of and into. We can be excited to steal away with him and allow him to break down the things that hold us back so he can transform us and we can grow and become. It's in the weight that he prepares us and sets us up to receive all that is coming. We can wait in anticipation and with expectancy. We can trust that if he says he is going to do something, that he will. God is not a man that he should lie and his word doesn't return void. We can trust him because he is faithful. We can thank him for the insight and rejoice over knowing that he is doing things behind the scenes, that he is working on our behalf. We can rejoice over the fact that we don't have to worry. We can rejoice that we can go to him and ask questions and receive his guidance and just do what he says. If we just wait on Jesus, we can learn to escape old patterns of moving ahead or apart from God. We can break the cycles of making emotionally driven decisions that are outside of his will for us. When we wait on him, he will teach us the fruit of long suffering and help us learn to trust. He is so good and faithful. And the more time you spend with Jesus, the more that you will realize that he is the only thing that you really need, which makes waiting for what he wants to give you a lot easier to do. When we wait on Jesus, we realize that he is the only one that can truly teach us what we need to know. We realize that he is the only one that fully fulfills and satisfies the needs and desires of our hearts on the deepest level. And his promises to meet our needs to fulfill our desires of our hearts, and to teach us truth about the power of the Holy Spirit, that is what he desires for us. God is so amazing, and we should thank him for his faithfulness and willingness to just be there with us, to reveal himself to us, and allow us to see ourselves so that we can grow and change and be healthy, to be in the proper position to receive all he has for us. I want to close with this encouragement. If you're listening to this and thinking, yeah, all that sounds great, but this isn't for me. Or if you are still doubting God's promise is coming to pass in your life because it just feels like you've been waiting forever and nothing seems to be changing. Or if you just can't wrap your mind around anything looking different than it ever has in your whole life because it's always just been the same, I'm here to tell you that God is saying to you right now, baby, no, look, I have taken you out. Stop looking backwards. Let's look at Isaiah forty three nineteen again. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the wasteland. A few years ago, when I was really just riddled with anxiety and uncertainty, the Lord said to me, don't look to the left or to the right. Keep looking ahead. Don't look to your past. Your past is just a roadmap of places that you've already been. It isn't where you are going now. You don't know where you are going because I am taking you somewhere new. You have to follow me and let me lead you. I can't force you. You have to allow me. God is not afraid to get down in the muck in the mire with us. And he is trying to tell us, hey, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty with you but it's time to trust him. It's time to change your mind about what you believe. Don't allow your doubt and fear to be an idol. Don't hold your false beliefs that feel real over God's truth over your life. Receive what he has spoken to you and wait on him to bring it to pass. Again, think about Abraham and Sarah. I mean, 25 years they had to wait. And even though it tarried, his word came to pass. This reminds me of Habakkuk 2 and 3. It says, For the revelation awaits its appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. And we don't want to miss all the mini lessons in the big lesson. When we wait on God, he refines us in so many ways. He teaches us the principle of discipline. How small steps done consistently uh, over time add up and make a big difference and that we will be able to see the impact of those small steps. Practically speaking, when we consistently believe his promises, no matter what it looks like, we develop a discipline of faith. We learn endurance and perseverance. It creates strength and courage and confidence in us. God uses the waiting to build us into the people that he created us to be. He constantly teaches us and empowers us and equips us to follow him and to trust him despite what we go through. He gives us the strength to endure and persevere when we feel like giving up. He gives peace and comfort when we bring our tears to his feet and cry out to him from a heart that wonders if all this pain and sacrifice and our waiting will really be worth it. Spoiler alert, it will be. He builds our faith through these things and helps us believe that his word stands and will come to pass we don't have to worry he will supply all of our needs he has a plan for our life we were born for such a time as this we have a purpose he brought us to a ser- he brought us to earth at a certain specific time to serve a certain specific need and to live out a certain specific assignment for his glory it is so exciting to know that we have a purpose that big and that he is slowly revealing certain things to us to help us walk it out with him. And that is the most beautiful thing. He is putting things in proper order. And that is what we have to remember. What he has for us is great, exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine. So we have to be equipped and ready to shoulder the burden that also comes with a blessing. And that type of preparation takes time. Only God knows what our promises entail and what we will come up against in our calling and in our lifetimes. So we must look at the waiting as a gift, not a burden or hindrance of us getting our blessing. We need to see it as an opportunity to grow closer to Jesus, to know him more, to know ourselves more, and not be so focused on what we are going to get out of it. By seeking him in the kingdom and his righteousness first before everything else, all other things, like his promises, will be added to us because it's a part of his plan. Because what he is in is forever. He is so good. And it is so good. He's so amazing. And as we come to the end, this is the last point that I want to leave you with. I left it till the end because it's something that I really want you to think about in the coming weeks and months and even years. The more we step into the faith, our faith and believing what God has said over our lives the more we will be fought. And if the promises of God that he has spoken to you are massive, then definitely expect to experience resistance and obstacles in warfare. Some of these will be tests to prove our faith, and some will be temptations to get us off course. The devil does not want God's children to prevail or the plans of God to be walked out on this earth. Remember what we talked about a few episodes ago, how the devil will try to kill something in its infancy just like Moses and even Jesus. He isn't afraid of the baby. He's afraid of what that baby being full grown and walking out its purpose for what it was created for will do. In the waiting, we are pregnant with the promises of God. They have not yet been birthed by us. And Satan wants us to forfeit those promises before we can even give birth to them. And he does this by deploying familiar spirits to throw us off, to discourage us, to create doubt or fear, and to attempt us to give us, give up what we are waiting on God for. He may lie and tell us that God won't do it, and that it's never going to happen, and that we will never have what we want because it isn't available to us. He will lure us into settling for God's be- less than God's best and for counterfeits if we allow him to. He can't take what God has given or promised to us, but we can forfeit them or surrender them if we aren't careful or if we allow the enemy's schemes to sway us. And I say all that to say this. The enemy has already been defeated. His fate has already been decided. God is in that decision because he made it. So that means it's forever. It's finished, complete, done. The enemy has no power over what God has spoken over your life, and he only comes at us with slippery lies that feed into our own negative thoughts and insecurities. This is why we need to develop our identity in Jesus while we wait. This is why we fill our minds with the word as we wait, so that we are renewed by what God says about us and we tattoo his truth on our hearts. When we build ourselves up in Jesus, the heaviness of the weight will not crush us, and we will find the strength to push through to the other side because we know that what waits for us there is the fulfillment of his word and relationship with Jesus, which is the most important thing. All glory to God. Till next time, be blessed.